Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Like what? Are, like this is a lot to talk about, right? We can cram it all in. Okay, okay, okay. You talk fast. Okay, sorry. I'm from New York. That's why. That's right. That's Hi, right. From we Brooklyn. established you. Are you from Brooklyn? What part? <laughs> Just promise you're not gonna make fun. Park City. I'm, no. <laughs> what part can I make fun See? of? I don't know. I'm from Midwood. A lot of people are like what? Oh, that's Midwood. that's real. <laughs> that's very real. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like East Flatbush. Where did you go to high school? The Little Red Schoolhouse. Oh, it's wow. Oh, you did? Greenwich Village. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah, I know the, the current basketball coach there very well. Who's the current basketball guy? R.J. Jamal, why are you trying? R.J. Perovich. But um, I, do Little Red I went to Poly Prep. You did? That's how so, I know Angela. That's how I know. So Poly, that was like, oh, I want to go to Poly so bad. Really? Yeah. What, what, I don't know what, what happened. What are we waiting for? I don't know. You, you got you to gotta start, oh, oh, oh. start the show up. Oh, I... Wait, wait. Hello, everybody. I'm waiting for you. To- <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were waiting for the microphones or something. No, we're good. We're good. We're rolling, right? Erin? Yeah, I got all that. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Oh, good. Erin's like, good. are you these people going to stop talking anytime soon? I'll just splice them in. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. Did you, you could just kind of, everybody, everything you just said, everything you just heard is like, is a bit welcome. You know, welcome. Welcome to our, our chaotic world. You know, but you heard, you heard some good stuff. You heard the wonderful Kimberly Martin. Kimberly, how are you doing? I'm good. Welcome. How are you guys? Welcome to this show. Pretty good. And the great Jamal Mur- Murphy. I guess we're supposed to say, welcome, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to another version of Bill Roden on, sp- on sports here in, I keep saying undisclosed location, but by this time. You know, uh, <laughs> I, people, people have been, uh, Top secret? a few people have taken pictures in here and people are like, wait a second. Oh, What's going oops. On? Yeah, we should. They still it. don't know. They, they were like, people made comments about boxes in the background. Oh yes. Yeah. So it, someone, someone actually said, "Oh, it really is an undisclosed location." <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> I saw that. The guy said, "Was the boxes back?" <laughs> FedEx. Anyway, so uh, Kimberly, Kimberly yes. Martin. Oh, first of Jamal, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> no one cares. Come I'm, on. I'm doing great. <laughs> Poor you know, let's, let's move on. I'm doing great. Yeah. Okay. How, how is the family, man? How's the new addition? Does uh, that, you does know, everybody it's, it's, know a, you? it's a game changer. Really? <laughs> the second the second kid is a game he just had, changer. He and his wife just had a second. Oh, uh, congrats. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. So, you know, I'm, I'm on caffeine. But I can't complain because whatever sleep I get, my wife gets like mm-hmm, less. Mm-hmm, half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's right. So well, That's good, though. You have to bring her in the studio with Kareem and... And what's your your uh, the baby's name? Zane. Zane. Uh-huh. Zane. I, I, okay. Right. Oh, cool. So enough of that. Yeah, enough, <laughs> enough about that. Everybody's life. good. Right. Everybody's okay. good. No, that's great. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> Can't congratulate you. So Kimberly. So yes. now Kimberly. Last time we spoke. <laughs> Wait, Kim, Kimberly Martin. Kimberly Martin, the great Kimberly. Would you want to answer? Senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, mm-hmm. formerly with the Washington Post, <laughs> Buffalo News, and Newsday, and probably other places. I'm forgetting. That's right. When we met you, news. I mean, I I just saw you at the the the, the Washington. Football team camp. We don't use the R word gotcha. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next thing I know, oh no, she was a Yahoo. I thought it was like a misprint. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep people on their toes. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? I mean, not, not what happened. <laughs> what you doing? No, no, not what happened. So the, I know we want to talk about your, your the great piece you wrote on uh, on uh, Kareem uh, Hunt uh, that's gotten a whole lot of play mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but 
you moved. I, I mean, I moved I'm just, a lot. Yeah, you you moved from the post, and I remember when you left the post when you left Buffalo mm-hmm. to go to the post. Um, so tell tell us about the, all the, the yeah. got, why. <laughs> That's always the question people have for me. So in a twelve month span, I left the Jets beat at Newsday, uh, bounced to Buffalo where I was a columnist covering the Bills in the NFL. Then I was there for two months before the Washington Post poached me for the Redskins beat, and I was on the Redskins beat. Oh, the Washington yeah. football See, team. See, that's the thing. We're just in doctor. We're just like I know. It, that, it, I'm <laughs> glad you point that out. No, it ju- it, it's amazing. Um, so I covered the Washington football team up until August, and uh, now now I'm at Yahoo. From, from when to August? From it. That's a good question. Oh, November... November thirteenth. So for 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 a season, mm, or is it not quite? I did, I got six weeks of the twenty seventeen season. Okay, and then I left in training camp at the end of training camp. Okay, so tell me that at each spot because I remember when you left uh, Newsday to be mm-hmm. a columnist at Buffalo, mm-hmm. we were thinking, wow, that's like it, it, when you when you went to each spot. Do you think that did you think at the time that was going to be the spot? Oh man, when I got to the the post was the destination. I was like ah. I can relax. I not relax as far as I got to the dream paper, and that that to me every like I was giddy. Uh, so so it yeah, does. You're sh- always giddy. <laughs> That's, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But but, but you, it you surprised, thought that was it. Oh my, one hundred percent. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first black female sports columnist of the Washington Post sports section. This is gonna be great. You know, I'm gonna work my way up. Uh, so it does surprise me if other people are surprised that I'm not, it does surprise me. But when I took a step back and sort of looked at a lot of factors, I knew that going to Yahoo was the right move. What, I mean, I know you, that was like one of those journalistically, let's stop here. To, but, but, but what can you share with particularly young people? Cause everybody's mm-hmm. charting mm-hmm. their moves. Right. They go from here to here. What was instructive about each of those moves? You know, Newsday, to Buffalo, because th- that was traditional. Mm-hmm. Traditional Newsday, traditional mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and you were kind of, and when you look back, when you mm-hmm. watch the tape, mm-hmm. of the, the film mm-hmm. of those moves, what's critique it in terms of career and what, what's, what was good for you and, and why you didn't draw it out, why you just, you know. So uh, um, I, st- I talk to a lot of classes. I talk to, I do a lot of panels and, I always make the joke, do not do not follow my footsteps because the bouncing around, it can be dangerous. But for me, I think I had reached a point at Newsday where I actually did not want to leave Newsday. And I, I said, you know, I've been on the Jets beat a long time. Where, where else do where else can I go? Like, is there another lane? And there were no lanes and no lanes were going to be created in that sports department. So for a long time, I was thinking, okay, how do I be strategic as far as what's my next step? And I always knew I wanted to be at the Washington Post. I think even Buffalo, when Buffalo had tried for a couple years to bring me on board, and I love the people in Buffalo at the, at the paper, um, they tried for a couple years. And when we talked about being a columnist, I said, okay, because how many other black female sports columnists? How, how, how many other? There are none now. For a major, for a major yeah. public, major newspaper in this country, there mm. are none. Um, so to me, it was really important 
that distinction was really important. And I felt, as some people, because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, so a lot of people are like, why do you want to go to Buffalo? What, like, what, what do you, right. And, you know, why would you, because Buffalo is a smaller market. I saw it as I would be a columnist. And it was very clear to me when the Buffalo News had put on Twitter, uh, we used to do f- weekly football picks, all the football stuff. And it was almost like the Brady Bunch photo. So everybody's photo. Right. And there I was, me and my black face, right in the middle, and, uh, uh, you know, surrounded by all these white guys. And it was like, most of them were middle-aged or older, whatever. But it was very clear that my face on the front cover of this sports section, and that's why I went to Buffalo, because they had never seen anything like me or... And and it's not about, oh, I'm so great. It's more about just the diversity of thought, I think, also as a woman. Just anything, you know, the stories that resonate with me, it's just, it's going to be different from what the status quo is, right? Right. So that's why leaving Buffalo was really, it was really difficult. Now, Lisa wasn't How long there. Lisa, Lisa Wilson oh. wasn't there. She was... No, Lisa Wilson wasn't there. That's the joke she and I, because she's one of my mentors. And so over a two-year period, she was like, how do I get you up here? How do I get you up here? And so I was like, I want to work with Lisa. That was the thing. I want to work with Lisa. And then she came to the undefeated, and I was like, what? What? What are you doing? And so, and then shortly thereafter, I was going to Buffalo. She's like, well, isn't this something? (laughs) You know? Um, But I was there, so six weeks into the job is when the Post reached out and said, we get the timing is terrible. We get it, but just come down here and, and listen to what we have to say. And the, the big question for me was, I'm a columnist, granted, okay, small market in Buffalo, but now to go back to being a beat writer, because that's the hamster wheel that, I, that at Newsday, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I get off this? Like, Being a beat writer has tremendous benefits, and that's how I was able to do a lot of good stories and develop relationships, being there every day. But I knew that I wanted to stretch from a creative standpoint and just the perspective, being able to share opinion as opposed to, okay, cover what's going on in between the white lines. So going to the Washington Post, as much as it was the dream at first, it was not a a definite. I, I really wrestled with leaving Buffalo. And once you were there, again, we'll get back to the great Kareem Hunt. (laughs) I know he's waiting. No, no, go ahead. He's talking about this. (laughs) Yeah, he's one of our big followers. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Let me see what Bill Roden has to say about me today. (laughs) Boy, he's going to have Kimberly Martin. Oh, my God. (laughs) But... um, but but once you got there, and again, you know, people, th- these destinations, the Washington Post or mm-hmm. the L.A. Times, or once you got there, was it that uh, Yahoo, you, you began to look at what you, it wasn't everything you thought it was going to be? Um, and then, you know, what yeah, what I made th- Yahoo attractive? Although when you said you were at sort of like the what you thought would be the pinnacle. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought I, I would die at the Washington Post. <laughs> so um, I really, I've been lucky that all the jobs that I've gotten in a calendar year, I was just minding my own business. I was not out looking for a new job. I was happy. I was fine. I was good. Um, but again, I think when I took the job at the Post, I think uh, they understood that I was pretty clear. You know, I don't want to be a beat writer for a long time. Now, I do understand that 
from from uh, the paper standpoint or the editor standpoint, you know, they're not looking to change the beat every couple of years. You know, they want consistency too. Uh, I just, I just, there were a lot of factors um, as far as the beat went and as far as uh, some of the stories I could tell and the stories that I wanted to tell and not having sort of the time to tell them while also doing all of the, the beat requirements. Um, then they have another person. They, 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 they there's did. a black guy there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem Copeland. Right, 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 right. So, because so, I thought that was unique. That, what, that, what part? That, that you had both of you guys at one point mm-hmm. covering the beat, right? Yeah, so when I first joined the post, it was a three-person beat. And then I started November by January, end of January, they made it a two-person beat. So um, I think, you know, that factored into it also. Um, But, you know, I just think, uh, looking back, I think it was the dream destination. I wanted to to spread my wings a little bit, you know, I, I... and and I looked, so when Yahoo came around, I honestly didn't think, I, I was like, sort of like, I just got to the post after just being at the Buffalo News. Like, I can't go anywhere. And they'd reached out right before my husband and I were going on vacation to Aruba. And I remember being in Aruba, like, you know, is it crazy that we're talking about Yahoo? Is that crazy? And the more we started talking, the more it, it you know, I, I started looking at, I get that people would say like, "Oh, is it really stable?" Like Yahoo, right. uh, you know, like who knows? Um, <laughs> right. And, well, it's a, are the papers stable? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Washington Post. Right. Well, that that's the thing. It's sort of like you're going to leave the post. What are you doing? Um, so I looked at it as in two years. Let's say the worst case scenario I think is a, is that in two years Yahoo says, "You know, Kimberly, thanks, but you're not really cutting it here. You should just go." I looked at it as in two years, what would I be able to do? What would I be able to to write, uh, do creatively? And when I matched those two, um, to me, it was a no-brainer. And looking back, I, I think I am unique in that, like I worked in finance for a bit before I even got into this journalism thing. So I am very strategic about, okay, I want to have a platform. I want to use the platform. I want to be able to get insight and tell people's stories. And I'm at that stage where I know I'm good, you know, and I don't say that as, as, you know, trying to be, you know, full of conceit or anything like that. I think it's, I think as a black woman in sports, I think as just any reporter, I think sometimes we, we get fearful of, you know, I can't leave this paper because the job market and stuff, stuff like that. And one thing somebody said to me was, well, if you leave, you know, that's a second job. You left. Well, you look like a <laughs> vagabond. And, you know, Who said that? No, Who said that? well, <laughs> let me not let me, let me not even go there. Uh, so so that that to me upset me right. because if you know my track record, if you know what I can do, I, you know that I'm not fearful of. You know, I'm not a fraud out here trying to, I'm trying to really be good at what I'm doing. So I don't make any decision lightly. So this is not, this is about, okay, the platform at Yahoo, I know the Washington Post has a tremendous platform, but what could I be able to do at Yahoo? That was the interesting and exciting part for me. And Yahoo is doing some interesting things, even on the basketball side. 
you know, a lot of diversity. It seems like, uh, you know, a diff- lot of video stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, you know, it's a player in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the video to me, that was definitely a big plus. Uh, I think nowadays, Bill, when you mentioned for for students or young journalists, I think the the challenge for somebody like myself, I I'm into technology. I'll admit it took me a while to figure out how to use Snapchat. Um, but but I understand that you have to do more than just say, I'm a writer or I'm a reporter. And that was, di- that was difficult for me to even grasp uh, because I got into this business like, I just want to write. I just want to write. And, and, you know, I have a lot of mentors in the business. They're like, you, you're a storyteller. And, and that's actually, my LinkedIn profile says that I think, like, I'm a storyteller by any means. Because once you take, you know, take the, the, the parameters off you as far as, well, I write for a newspaper. I've always written for newspapers up until August or September, whenever I started at Yahoo. So now you stretch yourself. You know, I, I have to do video as part of my job. That's what I have to do. That's not something that, that I did at the Post. Um, and, and some of the, I, I had video ideas that I want to do as a, as a beat, even as a beat writer. So at Yahoo, we have the flexibility to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I thought that, that, um, a long time ago, even at the times, there was a point, you know, you do this stuff for, and they, they say storytelling and storytelling, and even that's become a cliche, but mm-hmm. it's, you could do that. The more the more platforms you can master, right. you can tell stories on every single platform. Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's, so kind of getting to the uh, the dark side when we talked about um, we talked about Kareem mm-hmm. um, Hunt, but also uh, your, your your piece also referenced um, uh, Ruben, right? Mm-hmm. The kid Ruben from Foster. Ruben yeah. Foster. I mean, you know, did you know him when you were at the Post? No, no, he just got there. Mm-hmm. He, just, he just got there. Yeah, no, there. I, I left the post. My last week was Adrian Peterson's first week. So, oh, so yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, what was Peterson like? Uh, he seemed he seemed chill. But mind you, my literally my last few days at the facility, he had a big group press conference at the podium, and he's pretty. He was pretty mellow. Uh, I haven't been around them much since then. I think I covered one of their games. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, so you you took um, you took Korea to the woodshed. Why don't you take us? I mean, <laughs> I think I took a be, lot of a lot of people. Them. I think I took uh, yeah. So the column I I wrote I wrote it Sunday. Mm-hmm. It went up on Sunday on Yahoo Sports. Pretty much, just sort of, I think the past week. From it, it wasn't just oh the news of Reuben Foster getting arrested again. It's like okay, took note of that. All right, so he's arrested again, you know, on a Saturday. Next day he's released. Okay, all right. When the when Washington picked him up, to me, that was that was a you cannot be serious moment for me. Now, mind you, I I covered this team, so I so I've I've talked to. You know, front office people talk to Jay Gruden and Doug Williams. You know, Doug, I think the world of Doug, they're handling uh, their decision to not only claim Reuben Foster and then their handling of 
from the statement announcing their reasons mm. to the Doug's apology, the fact that Doug's the only person out there besides Jay Gruden to even have to answer any questions, to me was just such a major fail and so symptomatic of a bigger problem in that organization. But that, and then on the heels of that, you have the Friday bombshell of Kareem Hunt. I was, I, I had this mixture of, I'm just pissed. I'm just, I'm just annoyed. I'm just tired because from everything. And so I wrote, the column was pretty much, you know, I, I'm sick. I'm just sick of NFL hypocrisy. Uh, I mentioned in the column, you know, they, they drove us crazy with Deflategate. All the right. Deflategate details, how that dragged on, it felt like years. And all the resources. Like you yes. made a, that was a great point, I thought, because yes. you, you mentioned all the resources they put into Deflategate, the money, right. um, you know, the time, mm-hmm. and then compare that with... And we're talking about deflated footballs. Right. Like, you, right. you know right. what I'm saying? Like at, at that point, I think even the two teams that were affected, the Colts and the Patriots, I think... Even people in Boston had had deflate gate fatigue. It's sort of like I, we can't hear about these deflated footballs. People, you know, we had all moved on except the league, and now we have a situation. It's not Cream Hunt's situation is different than Foster's because it's not a domestic violence incident or case because he claims he didn't know the woman. Right. So they are different. But when you have a situation where you have a man uh, being violent against a woman. I would think that the NFL would want to get to the bottom of what is really happening. Um, and, and the NFL saying, oh, oh, well, we've, you know, uh, reportedly telling the Chiefs, don't go after the video. Um, and then saying, we can't, you know, we weren't able to obtain it. I don't know what you want us to do. Mm. Uh, the fact that Shades the video, yeah, right. It, it, well, that's what I wrote in the column, too. It seemed this is 2014 all over again, and we have gotten nowhere as as a league, you thought that they were going to have some teeth. They acted like they were going to have some teeth on these sort of situations. And what the NFL now, they're caught in this reactionary, like it's reactionary now. Everything is, oh, well, TMZ got the video, so now we've got to then, oh, this is new information. Uh, haven't they learned? No. Like, no. I don't how, That's is the it, problem. Is it incompetence or worse? No, I, I wrote it's willful ignorance because... If we did not have the Deflategate case as a prime example of what the NFL is willing to do to get to the bottom of what's going on, then then you can't tell me it's not possible. And I do think that the NFL really does have to look at what's the line, like where they as far as as getting information you know, a lot of fans were in my mentions angry because like, well, they're not the police. The NFL is not the police. And if the police don't charge, then what do you want them to do? My thing is the NFL has already said they don't need convictions to enact their personal conduct policy exactly. and to suspend right. guys and to dole out punishment. So if you don't need law enforcement's punishment that you can sort of arbitrarily decide what happens, why are you not, you, you know, the lack of consistency is what I find troubling. So what, what do you think should happen to Hunt? What do you think should happen to, uh, you know, and, and how you mentioned they, they, they put poor Doug out there. Uh, to, now, but yeah, what do you think I, should happen? So what should happen to Hunt? I am really interested in seeing when is, when, when, if, he'll be on a roster because the difference is because so Ray Rice, 
they are similar in that there is video evidence. That's right. the only similarity, right. I, you know, I see yeah. with these two things. Because it wasn't his fiance, it wasn't his, you know, it's not a domestic violence well, thing. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to, so I understand there are differences. I'm not trying to compare these two things and say they're the same. But there is video. But Ray Rice was at the tail end of his career. Kareem exactly. yeah. Hunt, he is a, I mean, the kid's already a star, but he is literally... Uh, was about to take off as far as the kid can get as much money as he wants. Right. He's that amazing. Right. So, but but what I what I'm curious about is here we are in December. Really, next season it starts in March. You know what I mean? As far as teams getting guys in for the offseason workouts and the guys training, and you're thinking about the draft. Okay, well. You know, we've got Kareem, we've got Terry Kill, we've got this guy, this guy. So you're looking at your draft board and you're thinking. So to me, Kareem is a free agent right now. But if a team were to pick him up when free agency starts or, or when I don't even know what's going to happen as far as now we've got new, new incidents being reported. And, right. you know, um, but if he were to join a team next season at some point as a free agent, is that enough time? Well, I got enough I time got, you mean, for him to pay his due. For, right. for a team to feel for like some. we have vetted him, we feel that he is contrite, we feel that he has learned his lesson, he's in therapy, is that enough time? Or, or for it to blow over. Well, a person that came to mind right away for me was Mixon. Mm-hmm, Joe Mixon. Okay, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon. We had, there is video. There was video of that. Mm-hmm. It, hap- it happened in college. Mm-hmm. You could make the argument, I mean, they're, they're all bad. But that was one of the worst I've seen uh, was that video. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he laid a woman mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. pretty much um, before, you know, that's before the draft. He gets drafted. He's playing right now. So, mm-hmm. so my first thought when this happens to Hunt is, okay, what about, what about Mixon? Like, what is it, what's the reason he's not in the league right now? Is it because it happens, it you just mean, happened? Is, he hasn't been, is it the, the punishment? Mm-hmm. Is it, he needs to be rightfully punished mm-hmm. was Mixon rightfully punished well but but I mean this is all talent driven I mean so some of these questions are naive well both of those guys are, are studs yeah right what, I, what I'm saying is that I mean for, I guess my question you can a should and 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 I'm asking you now as 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 a woman mm-hmm. as a black woman uh as a columnist should should Mixon I mean should should hunt, yeah, should, should, hunt? No, no, oh. should, should Mixon have been drafted and should hunt ever play again and, and should and should Foster again, Ruben? Um, Foster, Foster, yeah. Should he play? I mean, do we do we drop the hammer? You know, should these teams drop the hammer? And then also one more one more thing. It's interesting that that mostly none of these guys have been arrested. You know, has it, I don't I don't think Ray Rice was even arrested. He may have been arrested, but he, he never served as any far time. as convicted. You know, right. jail time or anything like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, these are heavy questions, right. and it's it is complicated. As far as like each incident, each domestic violence incident is not the same. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people uh, defended Mixon as far as like, did you see that girl go after him? You know, she came at him and grabbed his neck and she, you know, and then he. I forgot about that. (laughs) The rest of it was so bad, I forgot. So, but their reasoning is if that were a guy who grabbed him. And Nixon laid him. Mixon laid him out. We wouldn't even be talking about it. Right. But the, and I I understand the that? intellectual argument there, but at the end of the day, you can you cannot put your hands on another human being, man or woman. Also, you are a professional athlete. 
Like you can't, and now with Mixon, he was in college. So, you know, it's like you got to, these He's guys have to understand what you stand to to lose and gain. You know what I mean? Like you, but in the, heat of the, in, the, in the heat of the moment, I mean, but the question is, the question is, should you, you see this videotape? And see, my problem with all this is that when Goodell looked at, at the Ray Rice, Rice. decadent mm-hmm. woman, mm-hmm. when we looked at the... Goodell was not looking at that through the prism of a father looking at his daughter mm-hmm. or of a, a husband looking at his wife. Because had he looked at it like that, mm-hmm. Mixon might probably be under concrete now. Mm-hmm. Same thing, I mean, a, a, a rice mm-hmm. would have been a, a, under the ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this woman. If you look at that as a man, that's my, that's my daughter mm-hmm. that you're hitting. I don't mm-hmm. give a damn. Mm-hmm. What, you know, you're not playing. If I have anything to do, I'm not drafting you. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with uh, Ruben. And mm-hmm. the same thing with... Um, with Cream, with cream. If I'm looking at that as my, as my daughter, my wife, my mother, mm-hmm. well, I know the answer. Mm-hmm. But but if I'm looking at that as I'm trying to protect, I mean the NFL the shield, is, a bu- is a business. Yeah, well, like and that, any other to business. me that's the basic moral corruption. That's the basic moral corruption. If you're looking at that as any way but your your daughter, wife, or whatever, and mm-hmm. you say, well, I'm looking at the shield, then. Then we're like you said before. We have a much deeper problem yeah. than that. Yeah, you know, I think when I said this is complicated because every situation is different. Every, but also, you know, this is this is a societal issue as far as violence against women. How do we how do we talk to young people? And you know, a question that I'm often asked. You know, we shot a video at Yahoo today. And one of the questions the host asked me was, you know, as women, we often get, do you feel conflicted as a woman covering the NFL? Um, <laughs> you know, and my answer to that is I'm conflicted just as a person. You know, why I took severe issue. Now, I said it before, you know, I, I, I'm, I like Doug Williams. I know Doug Williams. We've broken bread together. You know, he's a good dude. However, when Doug Williams got on the radio and called this small potatoes compared to people right. in higher positions. I was right. like, what What the hell are you doing, right. Doug? When he then got, and then this pissed me off further, when he then got in front of the media the next day and said, as a father, you know, I have six daughters and, you know, this has been really difficult. This is not who I am. You know, I, I felt he, he uh, knowing Doug, I know he felt awful, right? But the uh, impl- the the assumption it's sort of it's almost like well i have two daughters i have a wife i have a sister so i don't uh, you know i care a lot about women it's like you don't need to have you don't need to have you could have some chickens you don't need to have <laughs> you know what i'm saying you yeah. don't need to ha- be married have daughters have a sister to understand that putting your hands on women is not okay and trying to rationalize it well you know people immediately are like he talking about the president you know or right. and to me whether Donald Trump is in office or not, that has nothing to do with Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, Doug Williams, Jay Gruden, all of them sitting in a room and saying, you know what? We could get Reuben Foster for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what happens here with the, with his case, you know, his court case, whether the NFL suspends him. But here's an opportunity for us to get a guy on the cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we're going to take some heat. Right. But if he plays next season... Man, we are golden because this is somebody who helps us. And that and the why I said it's complicated is because the NFL, all these sports leagues, you know, it's about winning. Is it? 
It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's well, that win, win at all cost mentality. So these these front office guys, these head coaches, are under a lot of pressure to. Because imagine if the Redskins were the only team, the Washington football team, only team that put in a waiver claim for Reuben Foster, right? right. Right. Had the Philadelphia Eagles put in a claim, and let's say the Eagles had gotten were awarded Reuben Foster. Right. Let's say he had played against the Redskins because they played Monday night. Right. And if Reuben Foster helps defeat the Washington Football Team right. in a in a in a tightly contested NFC East battle, then you know Washington's looking around like, well, damn, you know, like we could have right. used that guy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Check it out. Let me just segue a little bit here yeah. because... <clears throat> And you mentioned you you mentioned this in your in your column mm-hmm. also. Uh, you talk about a team, you know, it's all about winning, mm-hmm. but it is in these type of cases, these domestic violence cases. But it's not all about winning when it comes to like uh, Kaepernick per se. Oh yeah. So there. So well, is it all about winning? Well, I think so. We we touched on how the NFL is a business, and the NFL cares about when its bottom line is affected. So that's why Colin Kaepernick is nowhere near a football team right now because. That that firestorm, no one's trying to bring well, they, that. They think, right? Right. There will well, don't don't get to. There will be backlash right. if he is added to a roster. There will be backlash monetarily. You think? Well, yeah. You, th- you yeah. think he'll lose? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you they, mean the, the yeah. team? The team will. The team. And, and the, the, again, it gets back to this problem that we're talking about: is that what fans are saying is that you can? We have a problem with this nonviolent gesture mm-hmm. of you kneeling. But mm-hmm. when you bring in a guy who's, mm-hmm. you know, has had multiple beating the hell out of a woman, mm-hmm. we're trying to win. I mean, to, to right. me, that's that is the basic moral corruption here. If if Doug, if Doug, if, if Allen and and, and uh, Snyder, Snyder mm-hmm. all of them are sitting in a the room, they're not looking at this as if this was my wife, mm-hmm. like like Doug. He has six daughters, right? But you were not. You're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. Speaking of today, as if mm-hmm. one of your daughters had been mm-hmm. brutalized like mm-hmm. that, because you know that dug damn well mm-hmm. that if there was any one of those six daughters, mm-hmm. that guy would be dead. And it's interesting because Doug often talks about uh, coaching, and and I don't mean to to point out Doug Williams or anything, but a lot of coaches and a lot of executives point to guys needing a second chance or do they deserve a second chance, and how you may have coached in high school or college, guys who, you know, may have done some bad things or, or but were able to turn around or once they got in an environment that was conducive to them having support and having resources that they're on the straight and narrow. So, so I think a lot of coaches and execs and teams think about the player. And that I'm not saying that thinking is, is flawed or anything like that. But to your point, Bill, they're not looking at it from the flip side. But I think if, the, if Washington decides, you know what, it's really not, he's not really worth it. He's not worth it. But another team, you don't, you know, it's like every team has to. That's all competitive, though. They're thinking that strictly competitive. We can't mm-hmm. let, we got to get this guy because right. as opposed to somebody in the room right. says, what, do you, what right. are you guys thinking about? We can't take this guy mm-hmm. under any sort. I don't, I don't care if he's too tall, John. Mm-hmm. We cannot take this guy mm-hmm. because he is 
morally corrupt. And you're an envious man. You got to be nuts. Well, that's that's where the Reds, the Redskins would have been helped by collusion. The Washington, the Washington team. I mean, the Washington team, team would have been helped oh, by collusion yeah. against uh, you know uh, domestic abusers. Whereas, like you say, it takes because they know no one else is going to pick up Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And maybe you know hurt mm-hmm. them, right. you know, in a game, you know, in a future game or whatever. Right. But in this case, and with domestic abuse, they can't they can't count on another and, team and not picking the, them. Where up. are the women's groups? I mean, you know, where are the women's groups who are like, and I mean, maybe they're out <clears throat> picketing, boycotting. I mean, the the, the NFL for, for the last few years has really been going out of their way to cultivate their their, their, their women's market. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm thinking. Where are the women protesting, picketing, saying, you know, we can't. This but what's what's the what's the NFL's true fan fan base? Um, because do do the I mean, you just you just talked about the comments you were getting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, either on Twitter mm-hmm. or, you know, based on your column where people are like, oh, wow, you know, she shouldn't have hit him and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Do, does the true NFL fan base care about this stuff? You know, I think to your point of where the women's groups my thing is what uh, that uh, their their presence or lack thereof to me it really comes down to the NFL wanting to be Goodell these owners these executives these coaches these players and I don't like I don't want to paint all players because I think once these these massive stories get get played out and people who right. aren't sports fans or football fans now they're looking like oh here oh, right. come these crazy football right. players beating right. up every late right. it is not all football players it's, right. it's a, a societal issue the same way we don't think all men walking the street are, are gonna beat us up or anything right. like that might be even a lesser percentage you know it's just it's mm-hmm. so I don't want to paint uh, all football players with the same brush or all NFL executives as though they don't care mm-hmm. but when you and, and a lot of football Football players feel like they want to see change. Um, they 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 don't want. They are just as upset about domestic violence as, as a woman like myself. Um, but I feel the the change has to come from the NFL wanting to legitimately handle things better. So the NFL should be a leader. So you're saying the NFL should lead. Where you know the NBA, and whether you agree or not, you know whether the NBA is doing such a great job or not. Mm-hmm. They definitely are compared to the NFL. And one of the one of the the uh, things that pe- the positives that people attribute to the NBA is that uh, you know Adam Silver is being a leader. He's taking on these issues and and being progressive about them. And whereas the NFL is is the complete opposite. They're reactionary, like mm-hmm. you said. And I don't. And you, and we talk about business. How is that? How is this good business if every month there's a you know there's some scandal um, that you don't react to? That you're reacting too late, and nobody's talking about the games. They're talking about mm-hmm. this new scandal. How is that good business? Well, it, it's not at all. Um, and and the NFL was everybody's in a great mood. You know, we we had gotten past the players kneeling during the anthem uh, because it, it's wrong to call it an anthem protest. These guys were just kneeling during the playing of the anthem. Right. But you know, we had moved past that. Everything's good. Quarterbacks throw, throwing the ball. We got <laughs> offenses scoring. Right. You know, like everything is great. great. Attendance. Yeah, attendance is up. We've got these exciting games. we got the rant. Look at all these young quarterbacks killing it. And then, boom, we are back to 2014, and we've got the NFL like, oh, uh, we didn't know how to get this video. We, we, we were told no. We didn't know what to do. So it, I think this clearly is not, um, when you talk about business, this will affect the NFL, uh, from a PR standpoint, 
but I think fans don't also don't understand the power that they have too. Uh, as as far as NFL NFL teams and owners and, and executives care about the bottom line. So if pe- people's butts aren't in the seats, that's a problem. Uh, the minute teams start losing and reporters start writing about how the team is terrible, oh, we're not noticing as many fans now. Now that's when the owners are like, whoa, whoa, whoa do we got to change up right. this head coach and staff? You know, what's going on here? Uh, but I understand, again, the word complicated because can you ask fans – you know, I guess in theory, it's sort of like you can ask fans to take a stand. If this upsets you, then then show your the teams that you support that you want them to be better. I mean, that that's a well, great and, thought. And they, and, they but did, and they did do that with with, <clears throat> with, with Kaepernick. Oh, well, yes, right? they sure did. They, they said, they you said know, we yeah, we're boycotting. Yeah, yeah we're, we are. Let, let me ask you this. Because um, I'm intrigued. What do you, I mean, we, we kind of, what do you think about um in Pittsburgh with the whole Le'Veon Bell thing. You know, today, I, I thought it was so funny. I mean, I'm sorry for the kid. Who's oh, James Connor? But I, if I'm, if I'm Le'Veon oh, Bell, Lord. I'm like saying, man, you know, I'm telling you. This I tried is, to tell you. You I'm need me. You, you this need is 100%. me. And, and I'm pulling. I'm pulling. How do you feel as? as you know, I, I always support. For the most part, I always support players. I cover the Jets when Darrell Revis was there. And mm-hmm. people, it's amazing to me. Right. Fans and media that dog Revis for being this mercenary. Right. I was like, uh, he is literally one of the best players to ever play the position. Why fault him for maximizing his leverage every chance he gets? Because you know, my, I think it was my first year on the beat in 2012, he tore his ACL. Then what happened? Jets got rid of him. They traded. You know, <laughs> and then the whole, and then he jumped. He was on this team. He was on that team. Came back to the, you know. Fans get, like, people, fans and some media get so mad. It's like a, it's like a nerve. Why, why, yeah, why, why is, is that? Is? I mean. It's, to me, it's, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by fans who are mad at the millionaires, although the misconception is that all NFL players or a large percentage of NFL players make millions. Right. Most of them do not. Right. Uh, but the fact that they would side with billionaire owners, right. and I think it really comes down to they're committed to the team. The pieces, which are the players, they, they're interchangeable. Are you going to help us win? Are you here today? Oh, okay, bye. Um, they don't want. They don't like seeing somebody else another a player out for self because football really is the ultimate team game you need all 11 guys on the same page to make it work so i understand why why they don't why they have a problem with the individual but if they took a step back in their own life if you if your employer is not appreciating you if your employer if you know that you can get more money at you know whatever you know, it's not Dunder Mifflin versus Staples. I mean, right. like then then go there. Right. But but they just they're like they can't see themselves in these players because the contracts to them. It's like they're not like us. Like, you know, if I made four hundred fifty thousand dollars, I'd be so happy. If oh, I I'd made two million, I'd be so happy. And I, right. I'd be grateful. It's that right. grateful. Right. Be happy that you are here as though you didn't work your ass off to get but here. You're playing the game. The guy, uh, I play the game for free. Said, well, no, right. You can't play. That's why you <laughs> Exactly. You could play. Right. You know, but, but, but the funny thing is they get mad. They'll get mad at the player 
for even, you know, they'll try to flip it like, oh, how could he do this? He's costing himself all this mm-hmm. money. What do you care? First of all, maybe he's doing okay. Why are you counting maybe other that, people's m- money? Yeah, maybe that means he's doing pretty well if he can if he can take that risk that he's going to get paid later. But but you're mad at him? Because, because you can't wrap your, your mind around, this man would leave $14 million on the table. Like, what the hell is wrong with him? Right. How dare he? Right. If I had that much money. And it's really not a... It's about... Being strategic. We right. all have to be strategic right. in our personal, professional right. lives to get where we're trying to go. Like you, it's like you losing, it's like you leaving $14 on the table. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm yeah, about to quarter. gamble. Quarter. Yeah, right. Give me that damn quarter. That's my quarter. That's my quarter. But I mean, again, kind of getting back to your career, whatever, you've got to do. Are we yes, all let's compare get, me to Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Well, yes. well but you're Hold doing down. what's best yeah. for you. Somebody yeah. can say, wait a minute, Kimberly, you've got to, back in the day, they, well, you got to stay here for so and so, then you got Mm-hmm. They say, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do that? Right. I'm doing when the when the opportunity presents itself, because right. that opportunity may not be here mm-hmm. next week. And trust me, when there are layoffs announced or whatever, you know, they're not going to be exactly. Right. You know, right. they, they may agonize when they get home for a drink. Mm-hmm. But when it's time to cut, they're yeah. going to cut. Exactly. Exactly. And now I hope. As I do for all players, you know, if you're going to gamble on self, if you are going to say, you know what, I'm going to leave this money here because I think I can make more on the open market, more power to you. I hope it works out for Le'Veon. I'm not necessarily convinced it will. Really? But I I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 uh, but I hope it does because I think in the NFL, players seem to, they're, they're either. They don't, a lot of them don't want to speak their mind or they're sort of like, they take the, you know, sort of like, you know, uh, this is a good situation. Let me not, because really these contracts, you know, only a percentage of these contracts are guaranteed money. Well, what exactly did he leave on the table last year by not playing? I can't remember. I thought it was was 14. I thought it was 14. 14. Total. 14 million he left on the table last year. Oh. Because he missed because he missed this season, he left fourteen on the table. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So what does he what does he need to sign a deal for next year to make that up? Well, here's the thing: if fourteen in twenty fourteen, right? If he had gotten, I don't. He can. There's no way to for him to make up this four. I I, I don't see mathematically. He's got to get a deal. The, the, the Todd Gurley, Gurley deal, deal, right? Isn't that what he's looking for? The, sort of yeah. the tired girl but the girl? risk the risk was if he were to come back and get hurt this year, then he doesn't he doesn't get that contract next year. Right. Well, I mean, if he were a Connor, and it's true, <clears throat> if he were hurt mm-hmm. like this kid, you know, I mean, he's damaged goods. Mm-hmm. You know, he's damaged goods. It's gonna kill his it's gonna kill his value next year because now he's a free he's hurt. And what are they gonna say next year? They're gonna say well, I don't know. How's it? Well, yeah. No. Well, even something. Every every game. You know, even Alex Smith signed. You know, right. five year, ninety something million dollars. It has seventy one million guaranteed. Right. Right. He brought the right. guy. Alex Smith got seventy one. Right. Yeah. Where right. have you been? To? I don't know. I'm not reading my Washington Post stories. I, I can see that. I must have blocked it out. <laughs> but <laughs> but smart. now he's hurt. Will Alex? Play again? We don't know. Time will tell. Is this a career-ending injury? Will Washington now say, this was the guy we wanted, but uh, if he's not going to be ready for next season, like, we got to think of, like, we got to have a plan B here. Of course. So teams move in the interest of self. This, You know, so I don't understand why fans can't also rally behind the guys. It may hurt you right now if, you know, if you're a Steeler fan, you're happy that there's James Conner, Right. 
Um, well, up until this week. But, you know, you're looking at it like, oh, Le'Veon doesn't love the team. How dare he? You know, because right. you are, are, are pro- you're protecting the brand. Like, you want right. the black and gold to do well. And you want any anybody who's not on the field, like, okay, fine, I'm not going to support him. But no, I, I think that's short-sighted. I think you're right. I think that's it. I think... I think fans, like you said, they're for the team first, mm-hmm. but then at the same at the same time, they can't relate for a, for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. I think. But now, 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 now there's studies showing that now younger fans tend to go with a player. So in other words, I'm I'm down with Todd Gurley, but if Gurley goes to San Diego, I'm still right. a Gurley fan. I'm, I'm a Gurley fan. fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that was his best. How do you two, two, two last? Todd Gurley is is carrying me in fantasy. I just want to point out for everybody. Okay, are thanks. you good at fantasy? This is the first year I'm doing it because I, I first felt, year get out because I felt like she's uh, a mature woman. She's, not Todd <laughs> she's a, a professional. She's a, you know on. what? Because this is the first year doing it. Because cause for a long time I was sort of like, you know what? I cover the league. I'm really not trying to be all wrapped up in. This guy getting me points. Like, I just want to be completely objective. But, now, but I will say, now I'm just like, come now on, she's girly, come, come Are on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, when he didn't score that touchdown that one week, when he just, like, he knelt at the wall, I was like, again. he did it again last week. You know week. what? You know what? Um, <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I do think it, it, it does help you keep tabs on the entire league. And as a beat mm, writer, when I would cover the Jets, you know, it's sort of like, Right now, I, I'm, there's just so much information crammed in my head. I don't think I could handle fantasy. But now that in this Yahoo job, this is going back to the job situation, I, I, didn't, I don't only cover one team. I cover all 32. I can write about whatever. So it really does help in, in just keeping an eye on, on who's playing well. It seems like that also just has to add to your enjoyment of doing what you do as your job. Um, it's just being able to... Look at a wider field, and, and, but right. I'm, oh, I'm yes. Making assumptions. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I think because it's a double-edged sword in the sense that as a beat writer with the Jets, and when I was in, uh, I was a columnist in Buffalo, but I was focused solely on the Jet on the Bills, and then you know in Washington, covering one team allows you to have a greater understanding of the people inside. So. Uh, my goal as a beat writer, and even as a columnist now, but as a beat writer, is really to provide context to understand. And I think that's, I always say this when I talk about this profession. I don't understand how so many people covering football or covering athletes don't take, have no interest in actually understanding the athletes that they cover. Mm. Uh, I think being who I am, I do have, it's a, just a different field for me as far as what, you know, these guys and relating to them or being, or for some of them just feeling comfortable to open up. Um, and so that, so that's why being a beat writer is great. Now taking, taking a step back and when you can cover the whole league, it's great in a sense, but you also don't have ties. You know, I was just in Dallas last week, I guess, before the saints Dallas game, the Thursday night game. And so I talked to Amari Cooper about the trade and I think I just happened to catch him, catch him on a, on a day where for the first time, he talked about how he felt with the trade. So, but I had no ties to the Cowboys. I didn't know right. anything. That was the mm. first time I was in their locker room. Mm. Uh, whether it's just he was having, he was in a good space. He said the day that I went up to him, he's like, it's funny you ask, because just last night, I mm. finally was, was kind of reflecting mm. over my time in Oakland and how I got here. And he's happy that he's here in Dallas. But there's also that feeling of, wow, they really... 
really got rid of me. You know, it's like that, you know, and and so maybe I just happened to hit him on a good day as far as or the timing was great. But I have no ties to the Cowboys. The same, you know, I went within the last month, I went to Cleveland to do a Baker Mayfield story. Don't have any ties to that locker room, except I covered Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. Um, also made made waves in Buffalo for writing Tyrod's take on the Buffalo media and being a black quarterback. So mm. so Tyrod and I are cool, mm. but he's also not the quarterback. I don't have any ties to Baker. You know, so but that therein lies the challenge of just walking around a locker room mm. and just wanting to know stuff. So did, did Tyrod still think this whole black quarterback is still a thing? Uh, I did. I did not ask him about how he feels now. I know. I mean, when, when he was in Buffalo. Oh, when he was in Buffalo, yeah, he felt as though he told me he felt that he was judged differently. Uh, he was. <laughs> you know, and and it's, you know, for Tyrod, he kind of felt like they didn't want me here. You know, it's like to them in Buffalo. He he even told me, you know, even the media, like I could look in a room and be like, I don't know if these people even want me here. So that when I say going to Buffalo was great for me in that I really am this black face in, you know, in this, in, you know, in that locker, like they, the players had never seen me, you know, they hadn't seen a black woman come in as a columnist. And I do think that, um, Tyrod felt comfortable. I, I, that interview was set up my third week on the job, you know? So, so it can, so you can create some level of, um, I don't know, a rapport with guys and where they feel comfortable. But I think he does. He felt in Buffalo that when at the time, I think they were five and two or five and three. Um, you know, he said, oh, he had a great quote. He said, you know, when we when we win, oh, OK, but when we lose, like I'm crucified or something. Yeah. And I think there's truth to there's truth in we can tolerate m- mediocrity from a Jeff Fisher, <laughs> from right, constant right. seven to nine, eight and eight, or we can tolerate mediocrity from, I mean, Nathan Peterman in Buffalo. Now, mediocrity. I left that job. <laughs> I'm trying to be, I mean, the guy, <laughs> the poor child has a family. Like, you're I'm right, trying to be right. nice. You're right, you're right. You know, we can, t- <laughs> so I think, you know, fans that were annoyed with what Tyrod said, I think his larger point is how come when I struggle that it, it seems like such a, a shorter leash? You know, and I hate to use that word, but. You know, it's okay. We can chat Nathan Peterman back out. You know, after I left Buffalo is when they decided to bench Tyrod for Nathan. And I, you know, I was in Washington like, what, what in the hell? Like, everything was good in Buffalo when I left. How do you decide to bench this guy? And look how many times they tried Nathan Peterman out, only to see him throw more more completions to the other team. You know? Yeah. Then he goes to Cleveland. Well, that, that's a whole. Then oh, goes, that's a whole, whole Tyrod's tale. Yeah, but but uh, two other two last things. Do I have some other stuff? No. Uh, but what we're talking about Kareem. Huh? Just football wise, you know, Kansas City was a, was on just such a roll. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think is going to happen now with? Uh, I mean, I know, oh, by the way, I was very happy to see the game uh, the other night when uh, San Diego beat Pittsburgh because they have two brothers. Coaching against each other. I said, "Well, cool. Well, they got the young boy. Get him. You know, he, it, it's nice to give him. You know, he's young. I mean, Tom is going to be there. It's nice for this guy. For Anthony it. Lynn, yeah. I'm, to... I'm, still, I'm still old school enough to still look at games like that. Then he said, mm-hmm. "Well, two black guys. Well, Tomlin's kind of secure. Mm-hmm. Let's let 
Anthony Lynn. Gotta get some, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, actually. I mean, yeah, that's because uh, that's why you're a co-host on. I guess so. <laughs> that's why you're in but, that what, chair. What do you think is gonna What do you think is gonna happen though, in uh, terms of, um, or were you disappointed at all? I don't know what your fantasy situation is like to see <laughs> to see Kansas City on such a roll. And now, do you think that they're going to, that it's kind of over, basically? Uh, no, I don't think it's over. Uh, the, when the news hits like that, I unlike the unlike some fans, I don't even think about fantasy. I look at this whole Kansas City thing to me has brought up, you know, the question, questions about Tariq Hill have resurfaced. Like, okay, why did you guys take it? Why did you think he was worth taking a chance? On after he was suspended, you know, he's kicked off his team in college for punching and putting his pregnant girlfriend in a headlock and hitting her in the stomach, you know, Mm. Um, and they drafted him. Um, You know, I think there are a lot of there are a lot of questions as far as when Kareem will play again. Right. I don't think his career is done. I don't necessarily think I don't like saying that guys should never play again. Um. But there's a pattern. There's a pattern here. If we're just we're just talking about 2018, and now these things are coming up with him. Now we're up to three incidents with him. There's a pattern, um, and and I think I I'm surprised. Chiefs say he was not truthful. So okay, but I I I find it hard to believe that you would not be aware of 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 something being amiss, like something to like. You wouldn't even in this January incident happened allegedly at a Kansas City right. nightclub. Like this didn't come back to anybody. All these security right. people you got, all, right. you're in Kansas City. This didn't come out. You guys didn't know. Um, so I, honestly, I, I, I hope that the NFL, because they're forced to to react, I hope that they and teams will will start to reconsider how 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 they they look at players, how they evaluate players. And when they're hit with something like this, ugh, when they're confronted with something like this, that they, they it's more than just do the right thing. Um, and, and look at why are they really releasing him? Was right. it because he was untruthful and he left uh-huh. them no choice and we have a video and they could not have survived keeping him on the roster? Of course. You know, so mm-hmm. that's stuff that they really need to look at internally. What do you think is going to happen to Kansas City? How, does it, how, how do you think? Uh, I think, you know, Patrick with, with, with Patrick Mahomes, to me, you got Patrick Mahomes, like, you're, you're good. good. <laughs> you are good. Uh, that kid, in some way, he almost defies logic. Like, he is so fun to watch. Even games where he doesn't seem like he's a little off. Like he he's he's so good and he's so young. Great. And I've covered a lot of bad teams. I covered a lot of bad Jets teams. And uh, you when you have a potentially great quarterback, that solves a lot. That masks a lot of deficiencies you might have elsewhere, and that helps you at times like this. You have a good leader. This has been a crazy week, I'm sure, in Kansas City. So for them, you have Patrick. He's young. But you want to trust that he's able to refocus guys and that they'll continue this run? Who, who takes this place? Who takes um, uh, where, I think? I know that through fantasy. No, but I, th- I think it hurts. It, think- it hurts them, for yeah, sure. Hurt. I mean, you, you, top five back. You, you lose a playmaker, it's <laughs> going to hurt. Right. I don't think that necessarily knocks them out of right. you know now they're oh they're they're dead in the water. Right. I don't think that. Right, but it, I think it hurts them you know compared to the Rams or compared oh, yeah. to New England if they, if they face New England. I think 
of, of course, they'd rather have Hunt, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, it's a challenge for sure. No, so what's the end of, the NFL has no policy, right, in terms of, in, in terms of what happens in these situations. It's, to me, it feels like it's the Wild Wild West. Teams can do whatever they want on their own. What do you mean? Like, no. like uh, domestic abuse. Yeah, do, domestic abuse. I mean, they, they let, I mean, Hunt, that was a Kansas City Chiefs decision. The NFL was like, oh, him. well. You know, okay. We have NFL now, because of the new inf- information, which was a TMZ video, the NFL is now, its investigation is ongoing, and it's encompassing these three situations, that the incidents that he had. So it was a Kansas City Chiefs decision to release him. The NFL doesn't say, hey, you've got, you know, this guy, he's a problem, get rid of him. They don't, you know, their jurisdiction doesn't, doesn't encompass all that. Um, but now he's subject to the personal conduct policy. So the, once they're done their investigation, they will then determine if he, let's say he gets picked up week four next season, Kareem Hunt. Right. You imagine that there will be some suspension. Maybe not, but just say that there is. Once he gets picked up, then the NFL can, you know, he, right. he will miss X amount of games. And mm-hmm. then his new team now has to just be okay with that or appeal, but, right. you know. Unreal. Who are we going to be seeing in February? What teams are we going to be? Well, I will put you in the, the final four. What are the final four? You know, I, I would love to see the Saints, not because I'm a Saints fan, but. Are you? No. Um, <laughs> although, can uh, I just say, yeah, I'm a fan of Miss Gail Benson. Because she found my people that know me know that she found my engagement ring years ago when I left mm-hmm. it in a meth life stadium, the press bathroom. This was 2014. She found the owner's wife, you know, of the Saints, owner of the Saints, his wife, Gail, found my ring in the bathroom and returned it to gave it to stadium security at MetLife. So mm. I don't care win or lose what happens to the Saints. I don't care. But Gail Benson, she's my girl for life. Oh, Bill, it was tragic. Why, why did you take it off? It was so, so tragic. Oh, why did, I'm sorry. Why, for, for everybody here, every brother who's putting me on an engagement ring. <laughs> Uh, at the time, the engagement ring hadn't been sized. So every time I washed my hands, it would slide off into. And I was thinking I was being well, careful. Audio, radio, that's a big rock. There. Okay, Bill, Uh-oh. we don't have to. I'm sorry. All that, Bill. Uh, I mean, that is literally like I've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always get crap for my ring. Um, like p- football players are like, okay, I don't need you. What? Who? who Where did he get that? What does your husband do? Um, but, but yes. Yeah, so I thought I was being careful by putting it on the ledge in the bathroom. Now, mind you, only press. You know, team officials. So it's not okay. just you know, yeah, section two thirty two bathroom. So, sometimes it's the same thing. It's no, <laughs> so I so yes, that it was my my fault. My husband was covering the New York City Marathon at the time, so I had to call him and tell him I almost lost my ring, but it's found. And he was like, "Okay, great, I'm on deadline. Get out of here." You found it the same day. She literally found. I went to the locker room, mm-hmm. just uh, just completely in were tears. You, were you panic. <laughs> I mean, I wish y'all had me on TV right now. Was I panicked? I was red. I will never forget Sheldon Richardson looking at me. I'm trying to ask questions to players. And Dean Milner, who, Lord knows So you're still trying to do your job? I'm still, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, Jamal, come on. I'm a professional. Hello. Professional. But I was having a m- mental breakdown at that moment. Mm. But I'm still with my recorder. And players are looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with her? And the PR staff, Jets PR staff, was like, let's go to stadium police. And they're like, oh, Gail brought that down. Miss mm. Ben. Oh no, no. They said Miss Benson, and mm. I was like, okay, well, cool. Miss Benson 
you know, head of housekeeping at the stadium, cool, like cleaning <laughs> right, right. crew. That's cool. That's cool. And so I was just so happy to see it, my ring. And then when I told other people, like, oh, yeah, Miss Benson, they were immediately like, you mean Gail? And I was like, oh, shoot. So then it became, you know, the AP wrote it, Newsday wrote it, and then it oh, became, wow. yeah. Oh. Bill, you have not been keeping tabs <laughs> on what I'm doing. Come on, Bill. Come I, on, I, Bill. Be better, Bill. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know the story. But <laughs> yes, the story yes. So, yes. So because of Gail Benson, I was able to wow. still get married. Um, and, but and, your husband's a reporter? Mm-hmm. He was a reporter. Yeah. Now he covers business. But yeah, he was a sports reporter. Wow. Do I know this person? I don't think so. Okay. Bill, you don't have to, you don't know everybody. You know everybody, but not everybody. No, clearly not know everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I told you things move quickly with me. You got to keep up. Are you a Gemini or something? That... No, I'm a Capricorn. No, that's unusual. Capricorns, you normally aren't. Oh, I'm so negative. No, no, not negative, but fast moving. Normally, the goats uh, are very kind of thoughtful. Oh, and, I said, you, you know, know, Bill, you are you so were, right. Up on your astrology? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, listen, all this stuff is a mystery. So whatever, a little astrology. No, they, Capricorns know. are very determined, very yeah. deliberate. But this was, this, the last 12 months have been insane on purpose. But now I think yeah. I'm. So I'm when we have you back this time next year. Bill, we, come this on, is, this is, come uh, on. Now with the, uh, she actually owns it. She actually owns McClatchy, you know, you know. which is funny. Then I said, "Can I get a job? Can you?" No, I, I can't do that. I can't do that to my husband. I gotta stay put. But you, and I'm but happy. You could own it. You could own it. That's true. That's true. Don't don't get twisted. You know, I'm I'm looking at. I'm like Le'Veon Bell. I, at some point, I have to just okay. Is this still the right position for me? Is this where I need to be? What else? I gotta stretch and and challenge to. myself. So, I, in fact, I think too many of us, particularly black folks, but in our business, we and I think the younger the younger folks may be thinking more uh, in terms of uh, owning stuff and being mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just thinking about. Uh, I think one of the people in our generation got Wilbon figured it out pretty early. Uh, Mitch Album figured it out pretty. Tony Corner, mm-hmm. they figured it out while we were kind of like just bumping <laughs> around. You know, they were like, "No, nah, how can I, you know, how can I own mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. How can I position this?" So I mean, I think it's good. I mean, you do have to. Well, this Le'Veon Bell to me is just a metaphor, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, what somebody said in the book, the job can never love you like you love the job. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And that's that's true. 100%. But we get caught up. Oh yes. You know, so you cannot. You have not got caught up. So congratulations. No, <laughs> I did, and now I'm just switching things up right now. And now I'm I'm in a good space. Yes, so. Our guest has been the great Kimberly Martin. She's the senior writer, columnist, videographer. She does everything <laughs> for Yahoo. Very happy. Um, you know, but I, I, but why am I saying in all seriousness? You know, you paid you paid your dues. I mean, you you've worked hard Thank and you. very nice about it. You've always been very nice, bubbly, but very tough, very hard, uh, very talented, and you paid your dues. I mean, Thank you have you. paid you you put in the work. See, and I think that um, I don't know. You talk to young people and they see what you do on the surface, right? Right. But yep. but even a little incident. I mean, we talk about losing your ring and doing mm-hmm. your job, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, the work, you got to do the work. And you've right. done the work. You, yeah, you, there are no really shortcuts. No, you've done the no work. No shortcuts. So thank you. And this has been, um, you know, you've done the work here, too. You've actually, you know, actually yeah, made I think this. we went over the 45-minute threshold. <laughs> yeah, no, she <laughs> made it the, great. Did <laughs> 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 we go over the 90-minute threshold? <laughs> no, I mean, but the ring. Maybe 90 minutes since you've been here. <laughs> since, not since recording, though. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much. Thank have you. A, what are you going to do me. for the new year? 
I mean, I, I mean for the holidays. Uh, I don't She's even working. think about. Ho- honestly, I don't even think about holidays. <laughs> I had to ask my boss, do, "Do we work on Thanksgiving? Because I've always worked." Right. Holidays, so mm. he's like, "No, go enjoy your family." I'm like, "No, no, this no. is I, new." I, I like the work. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was watching the red, the Washington football mm. team on TV on Thanksgiving from mm. the couch, so that was a nice change. That yeah. was good. You know, you know, it was the oddest thing to me is when you actually go to a game as a, like a civilian, and I'm like, "How do people do this?" I mean, yeah, I'm like, I mean, unless you're well, like, you can drink. Box. That's what the difference. I'm like, "Oh wow, you have." A I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't enjoy. I, you can. Yeah. So I, if, I'm, if 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 you're in my sweet, yeah. If, if I don't like, have a press pass, I'm I don't know if yeah. I'm a no sweets. Are, <laughs> sweets are fine. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I'm showing up. Yeah, you gotta go. Even like, with the press you know, you pass, gotta, go to you know somebody in the suite. That's great. Yeah, the suite is great. Oh, just, you must have connections that we don't. I'm he sorry. Does. Okay. Jamal does okay. Have okay. Okay. Yeah, he does. He's a master of many trades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just this. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> happy holidays. Have a Tremendous. So, what was your birthday? December or January? January 9th. Uh oh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, January 9th. So, have a great birthday. Have yep. a tremendous 2019. Yes. Make it even better than 18. And uh, thank you for coming. I had to track her down, boy. We played tough. phone tag. It but was she like, up yeah, 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 no, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I was gonna do it. We should do this. Actually, I actually like the idea of uh, having reporters and writers talking about what we do because I think it's. You know, when you kind of get into what we do, it, people just really don't have an idea of beyond fake news, mm-hmm. what we do and how hard. It, it's it's fun because we love it, but it's it's a uh, it's a it's a difficult gig. It is not. <laughs> it it is not easy. It's always good to have someone who cares, you know, cares and tries to relate to that or can relate to the athletes, mm-hmm. and and those type of people <clears throat> telling the stories because I think that's the most important thing, really. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to seeing a lot of great stuff from Yahoo Sports. Mm-hmm. Seeing you, seeing you, I think seeing your NFL writer, yeah, yeah. seeing you, but but seeing them athletes seeing you uh, really helps. I mean, you know, I mean, I think uh, yeah. Anyway, that's another show. That's a whole. That's a whole another. But it does help. Stay tuned for part two with Kimberly <laughs> Martin's part two. All right, Kimberly, thank you so much. Thank for you guys, I really appreciate it. <laughs> It's great. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.